Well, hello, humans. We've made it. We've made it to the season one finale. Before I start today's episode, I would like to take a bit of time to thank every single person who's been tuning in week in, week out, and sending me all those lovely messages and feedback along the way. I'm not going to put anyone on the spot right now, but you know who you are. And honestly, guys, this is the most fun I've ever had working on a project by myself, and I'm going to just take a few weeks just to reshape everything I want to do um, on this platform and hopefully making it more fun, making it more exciting, and generally bringing more value to you guys who are listening every week. And of course, to match the season finale, this episode had to be special and very different to what I've done before. This week's topic is something very close to my heart, very, very personal to me, and I've just been waiting for the right time to share this with you all. I'm very, very nervous, but very, very excited. So here we go. Episode 13, Season Finale. So, if you don't already know this, I was born female, but I've always identified myself as male from a pretty young age. And I'm just a little over a year into my physical uh, slash medical transition so far. It's something I've always had an idea about, had an inkling about that I wanted to do when I was young, but I was never really able to put it into words until I was much, much older. And recently, because of the nature of work I'm in, it made sense to write a post on LinkedIn to say I'm going to have a name change to Emery, and this is a very brief explanation of the reasons why. As you can imagine, I was very nervous when I was crafting the message. I think I must have sent the message to about 20 people just to proofread, because I just wanted to make sure I was covering all the bases, all the angles, and the most important thing for me was that I was being clear and the message had a positive tone on it. And maybe because of past experiences of just life in general, um, that I low-key expected someone to jump out of nowhere to have a go at me on the internet. And write something ridiculous like... So are you 70% man and 30% woman? And in my head, I will reply... Well, are you 40% human and 60% dick ward? But the response I got was overwhelming and surprisingly 100%, 150% positive. Everyone was so lovely. I've had strangers reaching out to connect to say thank you for sharing your story. They know someone who has similar experience, but um, they weren't able to speak out as openly at the time. And it was just so nice to see how, as a society, we can talk about things so openly nowadays, which kind of encouraged me a bit more to share my story from my own narrative. And a lot of people would say, oh, you're such an inspiration. So much courage. You must have had a tough time growing up. First of all, thank you, thank you, and thank you. But I also am so glad I'm not attracted to men because I would struggle. I would probably pass as a solid four out of 10. I'll be the cute, funny, short one that is friends with all the guys, but no one wants to date. But at the same time, I was kind of bummed. Bummed because I built up this idea in my head that I was going to get so much hate or maybe just even the one hate from a stranger who doesn't even have a profile picture and he's going to comment something that's weird and I will have to transform into this keyboard warrior and tear down this fucking punk and become the saviour of the LGBTQ+. Of course I'm kidding. 
I was truly bummed because this by far doubled, tripled, quadrupled, sextuple, octuple all the likes I get on my personal Instagram. Do you know how bad it feels to get more likes on a LinkedIn post than Instagram as a millennial? It definitely did something to my self-esteem in my social life arena. It was kind of funny going through the process of coming out 2.0, but only this time as a working adult. I mean, to be fair, I didn't really come out the first time. All I did, I just changed my Facebook relationship status to a girl I was dating at the time. No one really cared. I think everyone knew I was gay before I actually even knew I was gay myself. Now, this second time of coming out was a bit different because there's going to be name changing involved. I'm physically going to look different. I'm going to get facial hair, yada, 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 yada. So I started off telling close friends who kind of already knew how I felt, but I was more like saying, I'm going to go ahead with this process now medically. Then I started telling more people and more people in my circle, and I would assume that people would be over the moon for me, but not a single person was surprised. (laughs) Everyone has been kind of like, yeah, yeah, we kind of saw it coming from a mile away. Now, this was the hardest process for me so far. You know, sitting people down and telling them this news as if this is big news. Truthfully, it really isn't and it shouldn't be. But because I don't think everyone in the world fully understands gender at the moment anyway, so it was still important to have that conversation. I never like to label my sex or sexuality because I feel like we really shouldn't need to. I think no one should ever need to come out to declare what we are. We only ever know what works for ourselves like... Why can't identifying as human enough? Of course, coming out and self-gender identification means different to everyone. And of course, you know, if that's something that's very important to you, I'm going to be supportive and everyone can do their own thing. But I just wish there's going to be a day where we don't have to parade to show the world we exist and that we have to come out. I mean, how creepy would it be if you had to come out as a straight person or parade around saying, I love feet and I'm proud. No one needs to hear that. And coming out to Asian parents was definitely an experience on its own. What a fun experience in my life. Because there was just so much to unpack. You know, we had to tackle the problems of gender roles, marriage, all the traditional stuff that a typical Asian family would really have strong um, feelings about. And, I mean, whatever Asian kids do anyway, it's already disappointment to the family, so you can only imagine how low my ranking has become. I first sat them down and said, I have news to share, which typically never happens in an Asian family. My very Butterbrook's respectful dad at this point already knew that it was something dead serious. So he went ahead and switched off all electrical appliances, TV, washing machines, Wi-Fi, everything that could potentially make a noise, he switched them off silence which made me even more nervous so naturally i started to cry (laughs) my mum was like it's okay if you're upset just cry at the same time my dad was like why are you crying this doesn't warrant any tears why are you crying stop crying we don't cry in his family they sat on either side of the sofa so i was looking left crying my eyes out and when i looked to the right i would try and stop crying and i thought to myself Huh, is this what it feels like to be bipolar? It was so bad, it became comical, and I was immediately fine again. I told them how I felt, 
and why I feel this way and why is it important to me to make this change medically. It is probably safe to say my parents weren't over the moon for me, but that's okay. They tried to understand and their main concern was how it would impact my body and physical side effects that I was going to have because of these um, changes, which was more than reasonable. My dad found it a little bit harder to take, which again was fine. He's very traditional. He works for the government all his life, he's now retired, etc, etc, etc. But guess how he got over it? So when I was listening at all the reasons and the situations that I find very difficult to deal with, for example, um, going to the toilet in public, people not knowing how to address me and, you know, just generally not very happy with my own body image, my dad immediately was on my side. Once I mentioned menstrual cycle, he was just like, oh my God, yes, go ahead with this. I'm completely on board. When is your next doctor's appointment? Go get this done. And I think in his head it kind of went like... Menstrual cycle. Menstrual cycle. Menstrual cycle. Cool, 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 cool. I'm gonna have a son. Cool, 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 cool. And then he goes to turn the telly back on. The conversation was done. Out of everything, that was the one thing that got my dad on board. Men are genuinely so scared of period. It is actually hilarious. I'm on my period. Whoa. Okay. Good for you. That's interesting. That's uh, my sister has a pet. Has that sometimes. I so I started my medical transition in Jan 2020, which means I took New Year New Me to a whole new other level. It's been a surreal and exciting time. This might sound weird to some, but I was super excited about the physical change I was going to get. Things like facial hair, lower voice, more farts. And you know the song by Beyonce, If I Were a Boy? When it came out, it hit me very differently. Because all my life, I've always dreamt about of being a boy. Now this has become a reality for me and there's so much I want to share with you all. So when I first heard the song, I genuinely thought Beyonce was going to transition into male. I thought I was going to gain a new best friend. But it turns out she was addressing the double standards in society that exist between men and women and how it's okay for guys to do certain things and get away with it and how girls can only react and play a very, very passive role in the relationship. It really did take me a while to really adjust to see myself as a man too. Not just a person who's always wanted to change, it is now happening. And it really hit home for me about being a guy is when I went to the massage parlour for the very first time after taking hormone shots. For some reason, I suddenly felt very, very shady. Every time the masseuse touched me, in my head I was thinking, she's going to offer me a blowjob, isn't she? She's going to offer me the happy ending. Ugh, can't a guy just get a massage without sex? I immediately had this surge of self-centeredness and become this egotistic dickward that every woman walked past me, I thought they were checking me out. I had this idea that the entire world was in love with me. Now, whenever my girlfriend has a period, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I can't relate to your pain. I went home and binge watched all of Die Hard and memorised all the quotes because Bruce Willis is basically the representation of penis. I find myself having a need to growl in a gym. I named my bedroom the Man Cave. I went home and threw away my oven gloves. And now I only use my bare hands to take the food in and out of the oven. I'm fucking invincible! I was getting so competitive over little things like how quickly am I able to down this glass of orange juice against the three-year-old on the opposite table. 
I started yelling parkour whenever I jumped over a rock. Everything I did was to get attention, hoping people would see me as the man, the cool dude, the adventurous, the sporty guy, the go-to guy, the guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who can get you anything you want. Men would do anything to prove their manhood. So to conclude, I am just so excited that I get to experience toxic masculinity firsthand. And I guess that was what Beyonce was trying to say all along. You've reached the end of the episode and the end of Awkward Turtle Season 1. I hope you all had the shiz and giggles along the way. I hope I made your Mondays a little bit brighter than usual. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed making this. We're going to take a few weeks break now just to make this podcast even more exciting for you. I'm going to start having guests on and talk about something that I'm very sure that everyone will be able to relate to. And guys, finally, again, thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much for listening. Your support means the world to me. Your messages mean so much more than you know. I'm going to try my best to make the best podcast for you guys to listen to in season two. So stay tuned and bye bye for now. The Awkward Tale, over and out.